0: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we
1: touch him? No, don't.
0: Help me. Help. Help.
1: Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the ward Warthog Man Cave in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida in the Melton Law Studio. Melton Law is the only official law firm partner that Fighting Gator... Protected 24 365 by crime prevention. <clears throat> I see Matt Cannons early in class. Hello, Matt. Great to see you, buddy. Um, All State, Judy Ocasio, local, full service. Uh R&R construction, on the spot. Um, get, them, get your clothes clean there. Uh, who am I leaving out? I can't. Uh, style cuts. I mean, come on. I'll, I'll leave somebody out. But anyway. Good day. Dense fog advisory right now. and it, I mean, it was foggy, groggy today. So I got a little bit of froggy, groggy in my throat, I think, from the foggy, groggy outside. But uh, hello, hello. And we titled the show today, The Social Justice Crowd. You know, they've just about gotten on my last nerve. And nothing brings them out, it's brought them out like, this deal with uh, Hamas and Israel, Palestine, all that, has really done a lot to reveal them for what they really are. And it's closed-minded people, people who have their mind made up,
0: don't want to share ideas, and um, kind of are in charge of things. Now, locally, we're at up with that kind of person. They run the city commission run the
1: county commission. And today in the uh, Gainesville Sunset is a story that's been
0: well, for me, it's an old story. It's not a new story. And it's about the general state of decay of Southwest 13th Street here in Gainesville, Florida. Now, Let me take you through the history of Southwest 13th Street. Southwest 13th Street is 441, United States Highway. In the 50s and the early 60s, if you wanted to come to Gainesville from Miami, you came via 441. Came across the prairie, right up southwest 13th, right past um, University Avenue, and right on out the north end of town through Alachua and High Springs. Beautiful drive. That's how I first came to the University of Florida. It was down 441. I mean, it's beautiful. There was no interstate. Mr. Posey came up from Miami, built the first Piano bar Steakhouse there on Southwest 13th. The county went wet. There was a Lums Hot Dog place there, great place. There was a Mr. Hahn there. Clark Butler even built a high rise there. Overlooking a wonderful lake down there, Bivens Arm. Big plans for that place. But, you know, progress. Along came the interstate. And now you can come up I-75 to gaze from Miami, off the Sunshine Parkway. Things changed. For a while, Southwest 13th hung on. By that I mean there were businesses there. Because it is close to the the hospital. It is close, really, to the university. There's a neighborhood that's affected by the changing demographics of this community. A very nice neighborhood. Wealthy homes upper-class people, Kirkwood. Kirkwood is sandwiched between Main Street and Southwest 13th Street. And as the demographics of the community changed and you began to get businesses that were not your first, how should I say this, your first choice. The Red Lion was there for a while, college hangout, track team, law school hangout. There was a well-known hamburger place there, and it was Parkmore. But all that began to fade. Moving into that area
1: was a notorious guy who was very successful at whatever he did
0: in terms of the bar business, and that was Trader Tom. Trader Tom had a bar up at uh, 7th Avenue and 13th. There's a paint store there now. And he came down to Southwest 13th and opened up a topless bar. Well, Southwest 13th began to know be known as Hooker's Alley. <clears throat> you could uh, see the people walking the streets,
1: the ladies of the night and the ladies of the day.
0: And you know the old saying, if the lady who's walking the street is really good looking, that's a cop. So there were plainclothes ladies and all that down there.
1: And when I would do ride-alongs with GPD, one of the places we would patrol, particularly during uh, Gator Nationals, would be Southwest 13th.
0: So it was beginning to fall on a state of disrepair. They tried shutting down Trader Tom. And amazingly, he survived it under the premise that he was grandfathered in. The people in Kirkwood increasingly complained about the homeless and the hungry, cutting through their neighborhood to go up main to the St. Francis house. All that fell on deaf ears. The county could care less. If they did care, they didn't know what to do about it because it's the social justice crowd. If you are a homeowner in a nice neighborhood, pay a lot of taxes, your voice really began to have no more weight than that of the homeless and the hungry that were passing through your neighborhood, taking a shortcut to get up to South Maine. this has been going on a long time. Let me take a sip of caliber coffee company.com Ward 15, 15% off. So you've got this going on. And on top of that, the city leadership started out as business people when there were five, has become ideologically driven academics. And now there are seven. Well, you've got open borders. You've got the mayor of this city declaring it a sanctuary city. Right? How low can you go? Bow-tie-po. Which is always curious because at Santa Fe College where he taught, we never knew him. Nobody would follow him to the drinking fountain. Put him in the city. All of a sudden, he knows everything. So, Southwest 13th is falling on bad times. And the social justice crowd, in its infinite wisdom, does what? Tries to clean up the place and offer business incentives and no. No. It takes a motel, a no-tel motel, a hotel California, and turns it into a refuge. For the homeless and the hungry, and goes away and leaves them. And goes away and leaves them. To their own design. And now, lo and behold, the place has gone to rack and ruin. There's no telling what. Now, the headlines in the sunset says atrocious scene. Let me tell you what that looks like. I have a friend who bought property, which had once been commercial property, but it was in a location that had fallen on disrepair. The business had moved out. The one-story business building could be picked up pretty economically in terms of investment for commercial. And then you could try to get the zoning changed and do something nice. But you had to go through all that business of getting things done. Meanwhile, it sat there empty. So we would ride by and check on it once in a while. There was another business next to it, which actually was a business that worked. But the people weren't there all the time. My point is, it had power. My buddy's building had no power. We go by there on a surprise raid. And what do we see? Well, the first thing we see in the parking lot of the failed business is the tell-tale shopping carts. Shopping carts pushed around in the back, pushed off in the woods, never to be returned. And we see a power cord running off the back of the business next to us, which has power, which those people in that business probably never check, or they would have seen it, running across the space between that business and the abandoned business my buddy owned, into the the buddy's business. But we go in there. There's a pregnant woman, some kind of form of male. I mean, it was a male. It was not a transgender male. I didn't
1: check it, but I don't think it was a transgender. I think it was an honest-to-God male. I think that was an
0: honest-to-God female, a pregnant female, both obviously real druggies. And everything you can imagine in terms of trash and clothing, and I, I can't even begin to list it all. inside the building. Some of it had been used in a way, uh, make do betting. Now, it's my friend's responsibility to get them out and to keep them out. He owns that. Who owns the motel? Some big outfit? They're going to come down here and keep them out?
1: This is all over this area. And we know how bad it is out west.
0: In San Francisco, places like that. Where the social justice crowd is really in charge. Really in charge. Eithermore, why can't you get a cop? Because they're understaffed. You've done run off all the cops. But where's all the social justice workers? Well, you're talking about the man in charge of Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Why isn't he down there? That office, by the way, when
1: Harvey Ward was asked about it by J uh, by the committee there, JLab,
0: Harvey said, "Well, it's the old equal opportunity position." I thought that was interesting. Harvey didn't want to call it, you know. Diversity, equity, and inclusion he wanted to call it equal opportunity. I thought that was a cover-up. We're not stupid. So where are all those people? That we pay two hundred thousand dollars a year to. I, I guess to help these people out. where does it go from here? Where does it go from here? Well, this is a cultural context in which this stuff fits. It is well believed in this country that there are two sets of laws operating in America. Donald Trump may go to prison for removing contested White House files to his home. Meanwhile, Joe Biden seems exempt. Trump was impeached by a Democratic House
1: for delaying foreign aid until the Ukrainian government guaranteed that Hunter Biden and his family were no longer engaged in corrupt influence peddling.
0: The left charged that Trump was targeting Joe Biden, yet Biden bragged that he had fired a Ukrainian prosecutor who was looking into his son's behavior. Now, and they started all this stuff on Trump in 2016. trying to find a way to finally get something to stick, serially labeling him, serially, repeatedly, labeling him as an illegitimate present. People forget this. But, after the 2016 election, lots of actors cut commercials, begging
1: viewers to pressure the electors to ignore their constitutional
0: duties to honor their state's popular vote, and instead swing their balance to Hillary Clinton. Wasn't that insurrectionary? And we all know about Hillary Clinton eliminating subpoenaed communication devices and thousands of emails. Crickets, nothing happens to her. But Trump was indicted for supposedly casually talking about classified material to a visitor at his home. 2016, Hillary Clinton's campaign
1: illegally hired two foreign nationals, Christopher Steele and Igor Dokacheko, to compile falsehoods about her
0: opponent, Trump. And Clinton hid her payments behind three paywalls. Lapper, Brennan, and McKay all three have admitted that they flag-
1: flagrantly lied under oath to Congress or to federal
0: investigators. They've never been indicted. The social justice crowd as a pathological hatred or fear of Donald Trump, you know who pointed this out? What I just went through with you in summary fashion, Victor Davis Hanson. Victor Davis Hanson. He says the social justice crowd smugly believes their own moral superiority. They believe they have the right, therefore, the moral obligation to destroy political rivals. And they will
1: dismantle the constitutional foundations of the United States to do it.
0: Victor Davis Hanson. Social justice crowd. So now, Cometh, big argument. Colorado Secretary of State on CNN's News Central. This is according to Breitbart stated that there were real questions
1: about whether the Constitution Constitution, disqualified former President Donald Trump
0: from running for president or being seated in the office. Because the social justice left is trying to say that he led an insurrection. That 14th Amendment they're alluding to, Section 3, was written after the Civil War to keep the rebellious South from having Representation in Congress. The article reads as follows. No person shall be a senator
1: or representative in Congress or elect Or of President and Vice President, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state, who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. Or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof.
0: Two words it's hanging on engaged and insurrection. Engaged. This is in court right now. This is incredibly dangerous. What if you get some liberal judge? like the one handling the case who admittedly hates Trump about real estate values. This social justice crowd has been pursuing this objective since 2016. Social justice crowd doesn't mind if the homeless and the hungry tramp through the neighborhoods of the tax-paying homeowner. Amazing. When we get back. I'm going to tell you a story about the IRS.
1: We'll take a break right now and come back with Ward's weather. Stay tuned. on demand and in crisis as a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the Southeast from Texas to Virginia. We are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis oil delivers Thursday, November the 16th. Come celebrate the release of our Spurgers gridiron grill Lugo's risky Rum. This exclusive release features a special spread of our farm to table food, rum, cocktails, raffles, and, and a meet and greet with me. Each ticket includes a bottle of Spurrier's Single Barrel Select Risky Run, and I'll sign the bottle if you'd like. So get your ticket before they sell out at spurriers.com. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files Premium Sponsors are Prime Prevention Security Systems, Large Enough to Serve You, Small Enough to Care, Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, r Construction, and Stop Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.WardScottFiles.com
0: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy.
1: Can we touch him? No,
0: don't. Help me. Help. Help. Welcome back to uh, Ward's Weather Report. Brought to you by Lewis Oil.
1: Chevron Stations, Fossil Fuel. Check them out. Great supporters of the show. Good people. Well, we got a mild day here again. Good weather here in the Piney Woods in North Central Florida. So enjoy it while you can. It's going to get a little more nippy tomorrow. You may get a chance to have your first fire in the fireplace. Plantation Mark's probably already had that. He lives by outdoor
0: fire. Well, well, well. You know Climate change. Climate change brought about by man is going to doom the whole thing. Well, here's an article on CNN published yesterday about the dinosaurs. What doomed them? There weren't no people around. Well, you've probably heard this already. The age of the dinosaurs ended. Now, I, don't, I can't count this high. You know this whole thing about save the Earth? About 66 million years ago, when a city size, a city, New York City, anyway, a city-sized asteroid struck a shallow sea off the coast of what is now Mexico. As a result, ready for this? It was not fossil fuel. It did it. 75% of the species on Earth went extinct. Extinct. Now, it left a 112-mile-wide crater. The soot from the wildfires triggered, uh uh-oh, you ready for this? Global winter. Global winter. Now, global winter... drop the temperatures, the fine dust from the pulverized rock played an even larger role. That dust stopped photosynthesis, okay? The shutting down of photosynthesis for almost two years. How do they know all this? I don't know. These guys are researchers at the Royal Observatory of Belgium. When you block photosynthesis, you collapse the food web and you created a chain reaction of extinctions. Now, how have they done this? They've developed a computer model to simulate the global climate after the asteroid strike. The model was
1: based on published information on Earth's climate at that point in time, as well as new data from sediment samples taken from the fossil sites in North Dakota that captured a 20-year period during the aftermath
0: of the strike. That fossil site in North Dakota is providing a unique record of
1: what was perhaps the most significant event in the history of life
0: on Earth. There are fossilized fish there at that site. Um, All of those are clues to how disastrous the day was. So
1: this is the first time the computer models, have been able to really delve into what is called the main killing mechanism. The main killing mechanism
0: was the extreme cold that followed the impact. And within a few weeks, months or so, the planet underwent a global shutdown in photosynthesis, which continued for about two years. After those two years, maybe within three to four, it completely recovers. And there you go. The main takeaway from this is that the paper, the research, provides more precise
1: constraints on the composition properties and duration of the fine dust component ejected from the impact site, which com- uh, contributed to global darkness during the impact winter.
0: Boy, these are scary terms. Global darkness. Huh? Isn't that what they had in uh, LA with all the smog? global darkness? Wow. I thought you'd be interested in that. Did you know? Morning, Larry. Did you know? Somebody has got to come up with the money. I know we're just printing it and throw it out there, but somebody's got to come up with the money to finance all these giveaway programs. Now, guess what's fixing to be ramped up? And you've already felt a heavy hand. Lois Lerner. Obama used the IRS against the Tea Party. Well, there's an IRS commissioner, Danny Wuerfeld, not our Danny Wuerfeld. He says there's a chance that the IRS... Will increase tax audits of Americans earning under four hundred thousand Well, that's everybody one hundred down, maybe except the ones they give the money to A watchdog outfit is warning Americans
1: making less than 400,000 bucks, they could get caught in an enforcement dragnet because the IRS does not have a clear definition of high income. And its enforcers use an outdated $200,000
0: high income threshold as their computer default. Meanwhile, the latest data on the tax gap,
1: which is the difference between taxes owed and paid to the government, I'll show that it's jumped from 601 billion to 688
0: billion. So there's pressure being put on the IRS to ramp up enforcement. You notice, it's not to cut down spending. So the IRS has vowed to
1: increase tax enforcement on corporations and high income
0: filers and a crackdown on wealthy tax evaders. You know, I don't know if there's anything such thing as a tax evader. What you learn to do is learn to use the deductions they give you. The smart guys do that. It's not that they're not paying taxes. And the whole thing you want to do is put off paying the taxes as long as you can so that when you do have to pay them, you pay them with cheaper money. They're not just hiring agents now. They're hiring customer service reps, accountants and agents. They are increasing their staffing. They're hiring about 8,000 more. And get ready to be harassed. There's no clear definition of high income. And the IRS does not have a unified or updated definition for individual high income taxpayers. There's no understanding of what the term means. Well, hello, that's government. How many terms can you think of? The government uses that there's no clear understanding. Bidenomics. What does that mean? Tell me. You don't know. There's a long analysis of this in the Western Journal. A long analysis. Oh, in Epoch Times, I, I beg your pardon. Epoch planets. Wow. You know, one of the things on the Ted Yoho Ward got list of things to be wary of, besides, of course, the border and the debt is the uh, election process. Now, I ran across this in the journal written by Gene borowicz and Roy Brunel, and they bring up the fact that with all this stuff we got going on, we could still have election turmoil. In fact, I think we will. We've already got it. Now, these people write that a little-known rule adopted
1: 20 years ago that put Representative Patrick McHenry in the chair temporarily. That rule is inadequate
0: because it limits the speaker pro tom to mostly ceremonial functions. The rule reflects
1: a broader problem of poor succession, poor succession planning in the US government that extends to the White House.
0: Now, you think it's bad at Kamala Harris? And it is bad at Kamala Harris. I mean, it's, it's horrifying. But the current system for ensuring continuity in the US presidency has gaping holes that are ripe with the possibility of creating political instability. Now, he goes through the problems. The first problem is that lawmakers are in the line of presidential succession.
1: And if that happened, you would create a political crisis if a
0: speaker from one party replaced a president of the other. Oh boy, that... Democrats love that. Speaker Mike Johnson could replace Democrat President Joe Biden. Boy, that'd cause some hell, wouldn't it? Because the brainiacs who study this stuff have been split on
1: the constitutionality of lawmakers succeeding to the presidency. Except for succession involving a president elect
0: and vice president elect. When you get down below that, you've got a lot of problems and a lot of problems. The second problem is that current law makes it possible for several successors to serve as acting president during a brief period. Do you remember uh, when Reagan was shot? Um, The general, whose name escapes me now, um, said, the president has caught around, and I'm General Haig. The president has caught around, and I'm in charge now. No, he wasn't. The vice president was. I always remember that. The president is caught around and I'm in charge of him.
1: (laughs) The third danger is that there's no legal process for determining when the president and vice president
0: are incapacitated or how they might regain their powers and duties if they recover. Now, if both office holders are unable to serve, the U.S. must have a plan of action. Well, they could adopt a statute modeled after the 25th Amendment.
1: The statute would allow the designated successor to the presidency
0: to be Um, the next eligible cabinet secretary. But it gets so complicated. Under the current law, the U.S. has no process for handling the problem of an incapacitated vice president serving alongside a healthy president. etc., etc, etc I don't know. I think the election is going to be a mess. I really do. I mean, what do you think? I mean, you got you see something I don't see On top of that. Here is an article that talks about how dangerous artificial intelligence is. Artificial intelligence can or AI technology can create all kinds of deep, fake elections. And the founder and CEO of Deep Media AI says that 2024 is going to be subject to deep, fake elections in ways that previous elections were not. the basic version of AI election technology existed in 2020, but the quality wasn't good enough to fool people. People could still tell it was fake. But now, according to a, a man named Mr. Gumta, the quality is improved and continues to advance monthly. Content is becoming good enough
1: that the average person could see or hear it
0: on TikTok or YouTube and would be convinced that it's real. One fake video already reportedly showing Hillary Clinton endorsing
1: presidential candidate Governor Ron DeSantis. According to Gupta, it was completely fake. And our detectors were able to detect it
0: with a high degree of accuracy. But why was that done? Why was that done? That was done to be detrimental to DeSantis' campaign. And Mr. Gupta says you're going to be seeing more and more of that. Especially as the coverage of the election season picks up. He says it's going to be multifaceted. There are going to be malicious actors. My golly. What else can we get involved with? And how are you going to trace down AI? And right now, According to Gupta, there are not a lot of policies and regulations to govern AI. Right now, it's set up to be more harmful and divisive than it is beneficial. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court is going to take up whether or not critics of government can be disciplined on social media. There are two cases.
1: Uh, They're going to figure it out. California, two school board members, and a city manager in Michigan. Whether or not those entities can block individual critics from social media accounts that are increasingly used
0: at all levels of government to communicate with citizens. That's an issue. You know, I guess I'll close with this Way back when, when we didn't have computers, about the beginning of 1980, I had my good friend, Billy Matthews, out to talk
1: to my classes. He'd been a um, congressional representative here from Newberry, this area, for four or five terms. He'd retired. I said, would you come back and talk to the students. And he did. First thing he said to the students is something they didn't understand.
0: He said, the best thing you can do for your country is buy five acres of land. They didn't know what he was talking about. So he talked about how private property was the backbone moment on. They didn't quite get that, but they listened And on the way out of the classroom, we passed a room that in those days had all the computers in the college in one room. And the door to that room was locked. Nobody in it. They were just sort of stored there. But you could see through the top half of the door because the top half of the door was glass. So we were walking by that door. Billy Matthews, a farmer from Newberry, looked in that room and stopped and asked me, Ward, what's that in there? I said, Billy, those are computers. And Billy Matthews said something to me that I've never forgotten. I'm going to close the show with this and let you think about it. Ward, I think computers are going to turn out to be the worst hoax ever perpetrated on mankind. Wow. Have a good day. Warthog Command Center out.